Welcome to Cram Bamble, a podcast about all things spooky, weird, extraterrestrial, and maybe a little bit of politics thrown in. We're at the point where we're maybe accepting politics. You happy, Kirsten? No. It's politics. I think it's you who keeps trying to shoehorn in politics. Maybe. My name's Taz. And I'm Kirsten. And this is our political podcast. No. No, please no. I have a theory. Uh, is it a political theory? Maybe it depends how deep it goes. Okay. Okay. So I'm at the anyone precipice of this rabbit hole? Anyone hey, precipice of the rabbit hole? That's a good title for a novel. <laughs> it is, isn't it? It sounds the like a of the rabbit hole. John Grisham. He does like oh yeah yeah yeah. He does like the weird political ones, right? Mm, no, he does crime novels. Even better, precipice of the rabbit hole. Actually, I can't. I'm not convinced that that's even true. Didn't he do? I want to say, no, that's a Stephen King novel. Who the wrote Stand. The Pelican Brief? There. Thank you. John Grisham. Yeah, I thought so. Thank you. I was like, it's a court case one. Yeah. This has nothing to do with my theory, but it was a good <laughs> little bit of information. John Grisham. That's how a name. How good is that for crazy? Remember I said I, I store <laughs> information in my brain? Yes. And it was just like John Grisham, Pelican Brief. And I have no reference for it. It's just there. It's like your library cart of knowledge. It yeah. hasn't been filed on the shelf yet, but it hasn't quite oh, no, left it's totally it on the shelf, oh, but okay. there's nothing else on the shelf with it. You know, it's a standalone fact. Oh, speaking of empty shelves, this yep. is exactly what I'm talking about. So, anyone who is aware of, you know, the current goings on in Australia, there's toilet paper madness. Yeah. And I've been speaking to obviously a lot of people about it because it is the hot topic item to talk about and wondering why it's happening. I have a theory. Can I just confirm? Yes. For our listeners that okay. I thought it was all just media spin. Oh, everyone's buying up toilet paper. I literally went to the shops today and it is like a wasteland just in the toilet paper aisle. Everything else is on the shelves. All the canned food and water and food you could ask for. But for some reason- Toilet paper, non-existent. And that's why it's weird, because you'd think in the on the precipice of a rabbit hole of some <laughs> sort of imagined, even if it's just psychotic imaginings of people who are very susceptible to the media, canned food, water, those are the things that you would get. Yeah, yeah. I even went down the medicine aisle. You'd think that that would be stocked. Or even the, the pet food aisle, you'd think you'd stock up on pet food. So, it is a specific item that as far as we know, because I'm sure they would have been splashed on all the kind of meme and social media sites we know of, it hasn't been specifically mentioned as a must-have for preparation. It is a specific item, but it's not so obscure that you'd be like, oh my god, why are people buying why are people buying bouncy balls? Would be yep. out of the realm of toilet paper, like, I yep. kind of get it. It is very specific, though. I think it is either the beginning, middle, or final stages of testing a subliminal message. How fine-tuned can we get it? We need confirmation. So, people freaking out over a potential uh, outbreak, anything like that. You know, the whole World War Three kerfuffle we had in January. You could test those kinds of things. But to really test a subliminal message, let's see what percentage of a specific population in an area the whole country, for example, through whatever medium, whether it be radio, TV, maybe it's on all of it, what percentage 
can we directly affect with this subliminal message? Now, obviously, there's going to be a slight variation because not everyone listens to the radio. I don't listen to the radio. I listen to my music streaming services. I watch Netflix. So maybe it's why our generation hasn't been affected. Yeah, because originally I thought it was our specific age, you know, crazy white people over the age of 40 are really into watching real stupid news and believing all the nonsense they see, Mm. like the sunrise and today's show and all that jazz. But it does even seem to be younger people. So I think maybe through the radio and public access TV, a subliminal message has been broadcast to get people to specifically buy up and hoard this one item to see how effective that subliminal message is. Because they tr- they tested subliminal messaging, oh, I think, 40 years ago, and they found that it didn't really work. Yeah, fine-tuning maybe. Yeah, and I, I would s- I'd agree and say, why would they give up on it? If they could influence people to buy things, Yeah. why not? Yeah, so, I mean, because this- it is such an odd thing to stockpile. Specifically and by itself. Because it's it's like not a perishable item. Yeah. You know, let's say it was post-apocalyptic land. You're going to go out and be able to find toilet paper. Like you can go to a warehouse and it'll be floor to ceiling. Like it would be the last thing on your shopping list. You'd be going to go and get bottled water because, you know, the plastics can degrade over time. Yeah. You know, th- those are the things that you'd be making sure you had. And canned food and things. I know that's not non-perishable, but baby food. Yeah, baby food always sells out when people. Yeah, formula. Cyclones. When I lived in Darwin, if there was formula, remember the formula debacle. Nappies, Mm. baby food, canned food, but baby food specifically, like mothers going. If there's a cyclone and everything shuts down for a week, I'm going to need baby food, and the shelves would be emptied of it. And baby formula or baby food was never an entire aisle. So that being cleaned out was what maybe half at most Mm. of a particular aisle, one side. So really a quarter of an aisle. You'd be like, oh, well, you know, they're preparing for this. Milk, sure, maybe, but it's always things you don't need to refrigerate. But specifically toilet paper for in what we're being told, at least. Maybe that's just the media doing their follow up. Tell them it's because people are worried about coronavirus. That's why they're buying toilet paper en masse. Oh, yeah. They, they've seen that the coronavirus is there and they're like, this is the time to launch, guys. Yeah. This is the time to launch our subliminal messaging. And yeah. that's why people like you and I, who don't watch any sort of free-to-air, mm-hmm. listen to the radio, we, we literally have Netflix and podcasts. That's all. That's the only thing we consume. Yeah. So to subliminally message to us would be quite difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I guess that's the percentage as well. You find out. Oh. What? He's giving me this look, everyone. Four or five months ago, the old dude that came to our door and gave me the survey to fill out. I had 10 of them to give out. And it was specifically, how often do you listen to radio broadcasting and what channels, what times of day? It was. It was all about radio. And he had to go to five different locations and hand out 10 people on that street. And he was one amongst however many. And their whole thing was, I'll fill out the survey and you can win a a voucher to Bunnings or something like that. (laughs) Oh, man. Wow, it's all tracking. I bet there's so much other stuff that we, because, you know, we're, what's the term they use when they have a sample, part of a sample group? 
I was I only got one of those sample testings. Maybe there were like so many other things. Maybe there's been uh, oh, because I don't listen to it anymore. When I lived in Brisbane, I was on I can't remember the name of it, but it was a group that you would win tickets and stuff if you did surveys about the radio stations you listen to. Okay. I can't remember the name of it, but it was something like that. Hey there, listeners. Future Taz here just said in the episode, the name of that uh, particular survey program is Sound Booth. So you've got all these sample setups going through with all that data going to whomever it goes to. Maybe it has to be radio waves. It makes sense. It's it's free. People are listening to it at all points of the day. And I was just thinking it may not even be subliminal messaging, but you know how those um, clairvoyance Mm – and yeah, you know how they've got those shows where they're like mind reader. Yeah, and it's actually because they plant ideas. Yes, in your head, like the cold is cold reading. Is that what they call it? Something like that. Or oh, that's part of it, I think. I yeah. think cold reading is part the, of it. The start but of it. They can isn't also predict. You know, um, influence the way you think. That like inception, incepting the idea into your head. Exactly. Yeah. So there was one that I watched, and I'm going to really just do a botched job of this, but I'm just going to come across it, you know, okay. I mean, go over it very quickly. Yeah, yeah. So he would start by telling a fun story about, you know, how he got on his way to the show mm-hmm. and then chat, chat, chat. And, you know, then he would ask everyone in the audience to pull out a paper and a pen that was underneath their seats and draw four objects. Mm-hmm. All right. And then at the end of the show, he revealed that the four objects were like a Christmas tree, a triangle and a potato, whatever. Okay. But everybody drew the same things. Because those key points in the story that he'd kind of dropped exactly. to put it in their head. Yeah, he mentioned Christmas, he mentioned trees, but all spaced far enough apart and in a story that you would never have noticed. So like it was similar, so organic. So you think a similar kind of message in a broadcast somewhere? Yeah, it may not be like what we think of as subliminal messaging, which is would be like a frequency below our gotcha. conscious hearing. But actually like that verbal suggestion in some way patterned that our brains would connect it together and go, we need toilet paper. Yeah, exactly. So it would have connected coronavirus to toilet paper. Okay, so what we're going to have to do if this is- Wouldn't it be hilarious if they got it wrong? And they were desperately trying to get people to buy big ticket items, like something expensive. If this wasn't the the goal, toilet paper wasn't the goal. It was. It just got mixed messages. So it, it was actually for everyone to go and buy. I don't know a Dyson, you know, something expensive, or a water purifier. That would make sense to buy. It'd still technically be a success on some degree because they got a result. I don't. Maybe not the result. It, I, it would be so funny if they've spent. What, 10 years and billions of dollars doing the R&D for the subliminal messaging? Oh, unless it's literally just dice and they're like, damn it, Kleenex is laughing at us now. I know. Kleenex is like, oh, thanks, guys. (laughs) Can you imagine being the guy that was in charge of that, like the project manager from Dyson, let's just say, who has gone and organized that and now for the rest of his career in Dyson, everyone walks past going- Hey, TP, yeah, how you going? Exactly. You're the toilet paper king. How funny is it for the other organizations, though? So your Kleenex has always done very, very well. Yes. And your other They're essentially brands. a necessity. But all those oh, random but- organic brands that no one ever buys oh. are also just having their heyday, best sales they've ever had. Because it's every brand. It's, yeah. all, it's all toilet paper's gone. And Viva Towel. For the same reason. And tissues. Tissues. Uh, there was no tissues left. People just need paper for their butts. It's crazy. Oh, it's just... Get a B-day. 
I wonder if their sales are going off and we just haven't looked into that because it's not we as big a market. We should look into that, see if they're B-Days. They're just sold out online, I think. Yeah. You reckon? Oh, we should look into that. Look into getting a bidet. I want one. I've always wanted one. You've always wanted a bidet. I'm I- always very worried about that, but I don't want to get into that conversation because it's essentially toilet humor. Ugh. I know. It was terrible. You did laugh at me saying but as well. I thought it was an intentional pun. It was not. So, I've written down here. Mm-hmm. We were talking about ghosts none too long ago. Yeah. And then you were also talking about a house you used to live in that was kind of split down the middle. Yes. Which was hilarious. Not hilarious. It was odd at the time because the previous conversation we were having had led into a thought and then you literally said something where my brain was like, that's literally what I've just been thinking. Mm. What if ghosts that are literally. walking through walls uh-huh. because we were talking about renovating an old spooky house because yep. the background of my computer is a spooky house. Yes. You buy an old spooky house. Uh-huh. It's rotted through. So, you break down all the walls, but you've still got your brick base, your main brick walls, that kind of thing. Yep. So, you rebuild the house, but you change the way the walls are. What if ghosts walking through walls are just following the pathways they used to follow, but you've put a wall there or someone else has put a wall there? So, they're following like a pre-programmed track if they were, in fact, an echo, like the whole echo ghost theory. And that's why we're like, oh, it's definitely a ghost because it walked through the wall. And it's just following its own designated track. It doesn't even know you exist. It's just doing its little train loop, but you've at some point put a wall there. That was, my, that was my short thought about ghosts. I've, I've thought about that previously as well. You know, when they build on ancient Indian burial grounds. Ooh, never a good idea. No. Never. But maybe the ancient Indians didn't even know the house was built there. Oh, so they're just going about the same kind of- Exactly. The same loop, the same. And they had such a tragic death that they would be like coming out of the grave fighting. And that's oh. why it's always so, such a terrible thing. Smashing haunting. stuff everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Starts to lose the, the thought of its own identity, so it stops being what it looked like in life and is now just a formless mass of anger and rage. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. I like it. Mm. I like it. Which brings me on to my thing. Yes. I was listening to Neil deGrasse Tyson today, talk Ooh, to Joe Rogan. Good boy, Neil. Yes. Yeah. And they were talking about the fourth dimension. Oh! <gasps> Okay, I'm interested. I love this stuff. Yeah. And it was actually really funny because he was talking about how right Monsters, Inc. got it. With the, That's with the doors, right? Yeah. Okay, yes. He was like, yeah, they've mastered fourth dimension technology. And he explained it really, really well. Okay. He was saying that, let's say you've got a table in yes. front of you, which we do. Which we do. Fantastic. Visual aids always help me. Yep. And I've got a piece of paper on the table. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were a two-dimensional being sitting here on the table- you would be able to see this huge piece of paper expanded out in front of you, yeah? Yes. All right. But if I were to pop that up vertically- Yes. It, you, the whole thing's disappeared to you. Yes, except for the very thin edge there. Yeah, the tiniest, thinnest edge. <gasps> but, I mean, even if I put it on the side and you're standing here, now it's almost invisible. Mm-hmm. But it, the huge piece of paper still exists. Yes. But in a third dimension. Yes. And that's how the fourth dimension would work. I have heard- the same concept explained for a different thing, and it is just as mind-bendy regardless of the application, and I love it. It was when they were talking – I say they like you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> it was on a Dungeons & Dragons podcast gotcha. yep. about gotcha. the el- – I meant gotcha. It's funny you say gotcha – about the Elder Gods, so essentially Lovecraftian Cthulhu mm-hmm. things where they exist in the fourth dimension, and it was the exact same ex- explanation. Oh, Imagine right. you are a little two-dimensional cartoon person walking along. You live in two dimensions, length, width. You walk along, cool. If you draw a circle on that page next to little two-dimensional Kirsten, you see 
the circle. It exists for you. Yeah. Now, if I press my finger on the piece of paper, you live in two dimensions. All you see is my fingerprint appear out of nowhere in two dimensions. There's no third dimension. You don't see a finger pushing into your world. You see that. So now we live in this world. Exact same thing you've said with a different analogy, which I love. And I never thought about Monsters, Inc. being like that. Yeah. That's cool. I know, right? It just gives you such a cool... I imagined it as an alternate dimension, not an additional... Or a wormhole. Yeah. Yeah, I thought they were creating like wormholes. So, and the whole premise is the same thing, albeit instead of cute, fluffy Sal... And Mike, Mike's the green one, right? Mike Wachowski. Mike, Mike Wachowski, who was a stand-up comedian in college. I haven't seen the college one, but apparently it's funny. Not as good? Oh, I loved it, but okay. I love those movies. I need to watch that. There's so many movies that we discuss while doing this podcast, <laughs> and we're not even a movie podcast. But back to that, uh, the Elder Gods. Yeah, so you pressing your fingerprint, two-dimensional Kirsten is going to see that and be like, oh, that's cool. But if you then force your entire finger- like that. Ooh, if you force your it's entire- It's a giant's finger. Yes. It's crop circles. But imagine how mind-bending it would be if you lived in this two-dimensional world and then suddenly this third-dimensional finger that is no longer just a fingerprint but an entire thing and it is outside of your understanding of time and space, which is why you go mad. Yes. So all these love So seeing the things, Elder Gods what did drive you insane. But because until you get to that madness where you fully, your brain clicks and accepts this fourth dimension, you see tentacles and weird eyes and smoke and mist because you're you're accepting the third dimension side of it. And that's why the characters in Lovecraft and stuff go mad. It's not the horror of a giant squid man, but it's their brain finally accepting and allowing itself to accept a dimension it can't understand, which is why it snaps. And I was like, A, super cool. Yep. I love the whole two-dimensional, three-dimensional thing. Uh-huh. B... I love that it's not the fear of something snapping your brain, but your brain opening up to a possibility that should be impossible and then going, I can't handle this. Yeah. I'm going to go blue screen now and make a window sound. <laughs> and I'm like, that makes sense. I was thinking, right? So using your analogy. Not mine. I wish I could credit the okay, original person, okay. but I don't know their name. Using that analogy. Yes. Let's say there were two two-dimensional people. Yes. Walking hand in hand down a lovely two-dimensional brick lane. Nice. I like All it. Right. Do, 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 then do, do. the finger appears and squashes <gasps> one of them. The whole finger or the two-dimensional finger? A three-dimensional finger drops down <sighs> from the sky, squashes them. Monty Python style. they can't see it. Yes, Monty Python style, exactly. They just see their Person friend get squished. Squished to a paste. And they would... So this is before they've accepted and able to see the three-dimensional. Yeah. So they'd still see something two-dimensional squishing. Yeah. But they wouldn't understand the full complexity of why it's squished. Yeah. They'd see a fingerprint come down and squish their friend. Do you think that's alien encounters? Yeah, for sure. Like we can only see the three-dimensional object, but it could be infinitely way worse. It's the definition of the word alien. Yeah. So outside of your realm of understanding that it's from somewhere else. But I'm I'm trying to comprehend what it would be like to be that two-dimensional person and then you just suddenly see like a shimmer because you can't comprehend three dimensions. So it would just be... A shimmering haze that would be the three-dimensional finger oh. just slowly crush your friend. Well, media tells us it's one of two ways you go. You either go completely insane and try to prove to the rest of the world this thing exists, or you create a death cult and worship it as a god. <laughs> 
I think, I don't know. I'm trying to comprehend what that would be like. I mean, how, how good a friend was your two-dimensional friend? If you didn't like him that much, I'm thinking death cult. Oh, I have to like someone a lot to hold their hand. Oh, okay. So, if I got squished by a three-dimensional Misty Finger, that sounded weird. That sounded like a porn name. It did. Misty Finger. We're, st- <laughs> we're sticking with it, guys. I was killed by Misty. I was squished by a Misty Finger. And now two-dimensional Kirsten has sworn vengeance and is going to prove to the rest of the world with her. Well, no, we haven't established that. I'm trying to think about it, what. You were going to hold. Wait, whose hand are you holding in two dimensions? Yours. Okay. So you did. Well, you said you have to like someone to hold my hand. So you're going to avenge my death. You- oh, you've just assumed that. Well, based but, on I the mean, things I, you told me. I would have try and desperately comprehend what happened you first. Wouldn't, you wouldn't avenge my death. I can't avenge your death. For to what? To the to Misty's finger. Yeah, but I don't know there's a finger. I, all I see is a shimmering hay squash you. To me, that could be ghosts. It could be aliens. It could it could be anything. Well, write it down in your ratty little journal and in season six, you'll figure out who the big bad is and you can avenge me. But uh, yeah, I think that that would be cool. And then I become like a crazy scientist and I actually breach the third dimension. Heck yeah. 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 And then the alternate you from a future timeline but comes back I'm and says, stop. To- so small that I can actually climb into the body of the f- person whose finger it was oh. and like rejig their cells. And that's what cancer is. What if the key is you have to find – so in the theory where you're two-dimensional, they're three-dimensional, you need to find the fourth dimension. So in this world where we're three-dimensional, you have to find the fifth dimension to then out-dimension the fourth-dimensional creature that killed me. Whoa. Whoa. That's the point when you know that the show has jumped the shark and it stops being this cool show about weird stuff and starts adding in theories where you're like, oh, no, they did the smoking man thing from X-Files. It, got yeah. too, it went too far. I think that's the point in your crazy person story – where you're like, I have to find the fifth dimension. And then half the audience just gets them and goes, no, nah, I'm out. I'm out. Click yep, off. Sorry. You're the one who came up with that. I like how everyone's turning off the Kirsten I'm, show. Look. But I never said I would go and find the fifth dimension. I think by now our mm. listeners know that out of the two of us, I'm the shark jumper. Yeah. No, I can definitely That's see that. That's the first piece of merchandise. <laughs> a picture of cartoon Taz jumping a shark. The Adventures of Taz, the, the shark jumper on water skis, because that was from that was Happy the original Days. one, yeah. Was it Fonzie who jumped it the shark? It was, it was. Oh my god, I love it. Henry Winkler. Henry Winkler. One of the best comedic actors that wasn't meant to be a comedic actor. He was so good in Click. He's so good in stuff now. I've seen him on a lot of talk shows. I love actors that age well and play their age. And we were having this conversation about a lot of uh, female actresses. Female actresses. Female actors or actresses. I'm doing well. I don't know if we call them actresses. I feel like I'm so archaic. I'm the only one still saying actress. I was – I don't recall who I was told by a long time ago, but they were saying that it was essentially a way to intentionally lower the level of female actors by giving them a separate name. And so, for a long time, I did refer to them as women actors. Oh. And then it got to the point where I was like – I. English is so stupid that I don't know if I care anymore. I don't say actresses because I think they're lesser. It's just a word that I learnt. Yeah. It's but I will bounce between the two. You've probably noticed that sometimes I will. Too. Mm. Well, no, I won't. I'll, it's always actors and actresses. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Well, it, it doesn't matter. Either way, we were discussing uh, particular, particular actors and actresses that don't age well in the sense that when they reach a certain age, they don't accept and play those roles. They always try to play their younger role. And I think it's really sad when you see an actor do that because there's so much to be gained. Like Harrison Ford, he was the young, handsome, early 20s, late 30s 
but he kept playing older characters that went on because it worked. Yeah. Like, he played the president. The president's never a 30-year-old dude. No. And he kept playing those older roles, and it worked for him, and it's why he's still current and consistent. And it works beautifully for a lot of the female actors as well. You get them, and they start playing the mothers and the grandmothers and things like that, and you're like, oh, I love this actor. They're great. I love that they play a role that's realistic and doesn't seem forced. Because there's nothing worse than seeing a 40-year-old trying to play a 20-year-old, whether it's a man or a woman. He's like, just stop. Just stop that. Just became we, – we came full circle. We came back to a TV show, movie, podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but I was just <laughs> – I remember that conversation that we had and I did mention the fact that um, that Elvira look or mm-hmm. is it Elvira? I don't actually know. Hmm. Uh, yeah, the one that used to host all the horror movie shows. Mm-hmm. That, that is such a classic look, and I like the fact that it's still present today. The big hair. Well, it's not even so much that. Okay, maybe not the height of the hair. I think it has dropped that, a little bit. that white, that porcelain skin, mm-hmm. the ruby red lips and the black. And like, I love the fact that that goth look is still relevant. Yes. Because it is so timeless. Gothic is timeless. It's so timeless. It's 700 years old, gothic. Like, even the term, like, that gothic time period, it's still popular. Oh, they're completely different, though. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, gothic architecture and the goths. And the the goths used to be, like, the Mongols in a way. Oh. Yeah, they did sacking and stuff. Oh. They didn't wear black and lace or, you know, none of that happened. I like them even more now. Yeah. Do you think they used German longsword techniques? Oh, they may have. And yes. Taz is deliberately dropping that into the podcast because that's what we did today. We it was so much fun. some German longswords. Yes, the German longsword fencing style. I learned so much and I've enjoyed it and I'm going to go back and do more of it and branch out into other areas because I think this is the key to defeating the infernal menace that we have in our world. I think so too. I think it's a really good – I mean, especially we get a nice silver sword. Mm-hmm. That's just going to be super useful. We can get the salted iron that we were talking about previously. That was the other thing I noticed about um, our podcast is the fact that I say super a lot. Oh, my God, that's going to be super blah and super blah. I like the word super. It's also timeless. (laughs) Thank you. Because uber can be overused, but super, not so much. I don't know. I feel like I could pepper a few more ubers into my supers. Well, as long as you don't overdo them. Mm. Too many ubers can spoil the broth. (laughs) Something like that. I'm imagining now like little cars in a soup pot. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about Uber, the, the car. ride-sharing service. Yeah. My brain didn't even go there. There were still umlauts in my Uber. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Why am I imagining a guy transporting umlauts? Two little dots above him, just driving umlauts around. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Are you uh That sounds like a euphemism for Germans. Oh, yeah, I've got the umlauts in. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> It's less offensive than it kraut. It really is. Is kraut because they eat sauerkraut? Yes. yes, yes. That was popular during World War II. Oh, and that's why the Brits were called limeys. Yes. Okay. Uh, yes, yeah. Because they would eat lime when they travelled across the sea during the days of their naval superiority. And I think I was on QI. I remember him saying they actually ate lemons and not limes because limes have a lower... Vitamin C content. That makes sense. So it's they should just have been called see. the lemonies. Yeah. But that doesn't, that's not as. Limey just sounds cooler. Limey does sound fun because yeah. it sounds a bit like slimy. It does. And they want it to be derogatory. There you go. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm. I like it. 
Oh, look, I've, that last bit I hypothesized. It's, that wasn't in the show. Solid hypothesis, and I like it. I'll accept it. It's now <laughs> canon. It's fact. That's how it works here at the podcast. We make things happen. Oh, that was actually the point of the fourth dimension that I – the reason why I brought it up. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take no, you away no, from that. No, no, because I – when we even started the podcast, I, rem- I want to talk about the fourth dimension, but I can't remember why. All right. <laughs> Lay it on me, soul sister. Do you remember when we solved the Bermuda Triangle? Oh, I know that we solved it, but I don't remember how or when. It was somebody putting two bags of holding into each other. <gasps> why would you do that? And it created a vortex, just like you said. Yeah, no, but why would someone do that? It's so silly. Because they were a bit like me, didn't know that rule and went, oh, I've got two bags. I'll just put one in the other. Bags of holding are so expensive too. Yeah, well, I, I guess, like I said, someone like me wouldn't have known you can't put one in the other. You hear that, guys? Never trust... Someone like Kirsten with your bags of holding. Someone who doesn't read all the books before mm-hmm. they play. I'm like, oh, I've got the basic idea. Let's go. Okay. So we solved the Bermuda Triangle. Congratulations to us. Well, Pat I was back. thinking maybe we didn't. And it had something more to do with the fourth dimension. Oh. Yeah. And a bit like, you know how the Monsters, Inc. harness the fourth dimension stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're an alternate reality. Gotcha. Earth reality. Okay. Yes. Where... Those monsters are actually genetic mutations because we used nuclear power to create the to harness the fourth dimension energy from the Bermuda Triangle. How's that for tinfoil hat? You just broke my brain open. <laughs> you just broke my brain open and I can't function anymore. So yes, all those monsters are they had very humanoid gates and mm. proportions. So they could be us, but with serious genetic mutations. We just Chernobyl those poor guys. Yeah. Except that that didn't happen. Like, I love in the movies, they're like, oh no, he had gamma radiation. Mm. And that made him the Hulk. That's the good one, right? Gamma radiation. That doesn't do anything bad to you. just gives you superpowers, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. But yeah, in all the comic books that we used to read when we were young, mm-hmm. like particular radiation would give you superpowers. Yes. Or, oh no, he fell in some nuclear waste and now he's incredible. Toxic Avenger. Yeah. Yeah. And- in reality, if anyone sees them, they just die. Like, they don't get any limb. Well, I guess the babies did, didn't they? Possibly. Not so much Chernobyl, but um, Hiroshima. There were a lot of kids born with extra limbs and Keep in mind, this is also and- this is also Soviet Union. Like, it was it was still Cold War when they oh went down Oh, my yeah. gosh. So, all the, like... Total cover. They're, yeah, they're all in bunkers somewhere. Yeah. I love the creepy pasta stories about uh, military squads being sent into Chernobyl for quote unquote receiving military documents. They had to go get them, but it was really just trying to contain the creatures that were coming out of there. But that's Ooh. a much longer conversation than the time we have because we have passed the limit that we normally run to. Oh my gosh. Well, there we go. There's a can of worms we can there you go. reseal and pop in the cupboard well, for later. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I hope you're not too scared. I hope you're enjoying your massive stockpile of toilet paper, you plebs. Do we have any Australian listeners? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. 50% of our current <laughs> listeners are in No, seriously, Australia. guys, if you've got a stockpile of toilet paper- Stop listening to the radio. Yeah. Oh, not even that. But I mean, some of us only want a couple of rolls. That happened to a woman recently. She just oh. went into the store to just get a, just enough for her and her family. Yeah. She, there were none left, but there was a lady with 16 cases of it in her trolley. And she's like, can I just have one? Come on, guys. Be considerate. It's the Australian way. And Think the woman about your said neighbor. no, and then they had a fist fight. Yeah. But that's Australia. That's ridiculous. 
I'm actually, I'm actually for the first time in a long time this entire year, very disappointed in a lot of Australians. I know, right? Usually we're the Aussie battlers. We, we came together so well with the bushfire situation and, the, and now we're falling apart over toilet paper. And the recession. Guys, we all banded together and we sailed through the recession. Guys, pull your thumbs out, get your socks up, stop being drongos and love <laughs> each other. This has been Cram Bamble. My name's Taz. And I'm Kirsten. Catch you next time, people. Bye. Bye.